Hello, my name is Joe from Boss Cybernetics. I have Aaron and Kristen with us today. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about how to deal with those family members that just step a little too far into wedding planning whenever they shouldn't. The ones that just have a little bit um, too much to say, if you will. We've all been there. We've all have planned that wedding where you either have the, uh, the mother that is living vicariously through you or the sister who just, uh, why'd you laugh when I said sister? You still thinking about her sister? <laughs> I, I didn't say. I saw you laugh when anyway. I said sister. No. Okay. Anyway. But I don't have a sister. So the we're not sister, about <laughs> um, or maybe the maid of honor who hasn't really been there through life, but now feels the need to overcompensate during the wedding, or you have the over opinionated dad, the over opinionated dad who feels like he needs to, um, throw his weight around everywhere and have things his way. And yeah, we're just going to talk about it all. Let's just put it all out there and see what happens. So I have coordinated, I don't know, 800 plus weddings at this point. And I feel I have seen a lot. Um, I think the one that probably drives me the craziest, and it's really not the parents. But with all this being said, I have said hundreds of times to different brides, or grooms that feel somebody is putting too much input into their wedding. I have said plenty of times to them, and if they're listening to this, they'll, they'll know that uh, I said it to them, but I have said the wedding day is not about the couple. I, I can't put it any clearer than that. The honeymoon is about the couple. The wedding day is about appeasing everybody else. If you have 100 plus guests coming, it's making sure that those 100 plus guests celebrate your love, sure, but that they're extremely comfortable, happy, dancing, enjoying, and it's a day that they're never going to forget celebrating your love, but it's really about making sure that they're happy. The honeymoon is when it's about just the two of you, and you really should just focus on the two of you. But if a couple only focused on the two of them during the wedding, we end up with that glorified photo shoot we've talked about before. That's true. No, that's true. I mean, imagine if a couple literally only focused on just them during a wedding. What would happen? It'd be a lot of uncomfortable people. Well, okay. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of accommodations. I mean, that could be good and bad. That there's accommodations that wouldn't have to be made, you know. So if it was strictly a menu that the bride and groom enjoyed, right? Yeah. Whereas and maybe they've got a weird palate or a normal palate or whatever. But let's say uh, they're vegetarians. They're vegetarians, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, or but then they want everybody to be, and we've seen it before, we've like seen with that the before. wedding cake and. They're vegan or they're uh, lactose intolerant Mm -hmm. or gluten-free or whatever the case may be. And they make the entire wedding cake that way. Yeah. It's never going to taste as good as a regular wedding cake. But they think that everybody's going to enjoy it one way or another, right? We've had some really good vegetarian dishes, but at the same time, like... You come to a wedding, you expect good food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of the beast. I mean, you expect good food. And if the couple's like, yeah, but I only want this. It's like, okay, well, it's your wedding. You do whatever you want. But it's about appeasing the guest. I mean, and then this is where it comes in to the, you know, how much of an argument is it worth having when that overbearing dad that just can't keep his opinion to himself um, 
is it worth just saying okay and doing it or is it worth doing it your way? I mean, we see it all the time. I would say to the over-opinionated dad or maid of honor or whatever, like, can you just be over-opinionated before you actually make it to the wedding day? Because to do it on the wedding day, which is something we've seen before, why are you yelling at the DJ because you don't like the music he's playing that the couple requested? The couple chose the music. Mm -hmm. The couple chose the artist. The couple filled out a book that's about a quarter of an inch to a half an inch thick of everything that they want from the DJ, but the dad or whoever wants something Something different. Something different. And it's not your day. It's not your day. But you think you know better, right? But now picture the same dad, mom, whoever. Picture them 20, 30 years later. It's not the same demeanor. Right. They're much more chilled out. They're, they're thinking more about other people at this point. They're not as pompous. Life is different. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it has to do with maturity mm-hmm. and how that person perceives life and understands it and how much he truly or she truly thinks that her opinion or his opinion is valued. But is that because the couple or whoever is in that person's life has enabled them up to this point? Yeah, I would think so to a certain extent. And then you run into cultural differences. You know, I've had um, two completely separate events um, where the bride and groom have actually partaken in almost none of the planning. This is strictly the groom's family doing it. Um, That's a cultural thing. Um, Happens to be an Indian wedding. And like when we get one of those days, because a lot of Indian weddings are three days, one of them is the focus of the groom. And for whatever reason, that's how we land here. We land on the groom's day. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had almost, I've only met the couple once at their day of interviews and they were extremely disengaged. Um, it was all, it was all the parents. So that's, that's kind of weird um, well, to that, me. That couple really says it all. It's what they want to do is probably something very intimate, small, um, mm-hmm. maybe like a mini money or something. I think they would have been totally fine with that. The family wants the big hoorah, if you will. Um, They want all of their family and friends Mm -hmm. to attend. They want the big feast and they want the dancing and they want all the other stuff. So then that's appeasing the family. It is. And and to be fair to that, his family is paying for it. But then on the flip side of a completely different event, the groom paid for the entire wedding. And it it was supposed to be what the bride and groom wanted, what the bride and groom wanted. But that's when dad steps in and it's like, Actually, you had no part of this planning. Um, you didn't. You didn't pay for any of this. So I, you know, it's like, at what point do you just be quiet or, or tell them to be quiet? I, I, I don't know. It's it's weird because what, especially if it's a parent, I feel like nobody's gonna. I don't want to be rude or disrespectful to anybody, especially the father of the bride, the mother of the bride, the father, you know, the parents of the groom. So the couple has to have a voice and they have to be able to step up. But then this comes down to, is it worth it? Is it worth the argument? Is it worth trying to be able to go through with this? I believe that there was a couple with another dad, um, and the couple wanted to do a first look. Mm -hmm. And then the dad was like, no, that's against our tradition. You can't do a first look. You know what? It's against most traditions. It's not just your um, cultural tradition, if you will. But families evolve. Um, Our society evolves. And you get more out of a wedding day whenever you do a first look. You get more images. You get a lot more time with your guests because you're taking all the photos beforehand. You're not taking them during the actual event. So... 
if you can knock out 80% of the photography before the actual event, of course you're going to get more time with the guest, which is what the couples want. They want more time with the guests because the guests all come here for them and they know if they can spend more time with the guests, then they get more out of it. It's pretty simple. So doing the first look gets you more images and it gets you more time with the guests, but then dad is coming in and he's saying, no, it's against our tradition. You can't do this, but you can. You just have to face dad and you have to say, but this is something I want and I'm going to have it. And your opinion matters, but not in this case. Right. It's valued, but not as much as mine. I know I have a couple that um, they're already married um, because of their situation, but they're doing their you know celebration later next year. And the day of interviews was with the mother of the bride and the mother of the groom because the couple couldn't be there. And so going over, um, you know, the timeline of the day, I'm like, so are they thinking about doing a first look, you know, first touch, whatever. The mom is like, absolutely not. We are trying to keep at least one piece of tradition. So they are not doing a first look. And I was like, well, all right then. See, that sucks though. Cause the couple, <laughs> they're, already they're already married. <laughs> well, not just if the couple forfeited their option to be able to pick vendors and sent the parents out there, then it is on, it is what it is. I mean, they'll never know what they're missing out on because it'll never be brought up to them. And at that point, like it was, it was not worth talking about yeah. pros and cons of, you know, first looks, first touches, whatever, because you could see it on her face. Absolutely. Not. She was not going to budge. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep, I've had a few of those. I think you've, you've witnessed mm -hmm. where I was like, I'm not even going to try and change your mind because you've already stopped <laughs> listening to me. Right. So. And then this is where it comes down to the trust. Yeah. We know what can give you an amazing wedding day and this way you get the most out of it. But you have to have an open mind when planning a wedding, knowing the fact that you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Have an open mind. Listen to the pros and cons about every type of advice that we can give you and then make an educated decision. But the mm -hmm. idea of having a closed mind or listening to a parent that thinks that they know best and they have a closed mind, it doesn't allow for that educated decision to be made. But now how do you deal with the father? Let's say the one that you know, how do you deal with that father? What could, what could be done differently then, I mean, no matter what, they're going to have a really great day. But you know what else they're going to have? They're going to have resentment, like Kristen. They're going to have resentment because they didn't get exactly what they were expecting or what they wanted on their wedding day. So how do we deal with that dad? How do we deal with that mom who's just overbearing? That's tough. You know, the, the situation that the, the instance that I'm thinking of, he, he had come along to the 45-day meeting, which is you know where i finalize your itinerary and i'm going to go through your questionnaire and revisit everything we talked about at the day of interviews your upgrades and everything was um, he at the day of interviews he was okay um but it was weird because like the day of interviews it's like it's what they want it's what they want but then like the 45 day point i was going through and i was like oh and i have you guys here um bride i have you doing a first look with dad um, bride and groom i have you two doing a first look blah blah blah, blah, blah. has any of that changed and they were like no this is great and he was so adamant that it's not traditional, it's not traditional, it's not traditional, that he got up and walked out of my office. And I was like, wow. so what do you guys want to do? <laughs> you know, and it's like, it, it, when I was in corporate America, it's actually a tactic to ignore behaviors like that. And, and I wanted to redirect the focus back to the bride and groom and their wants, their needs, you know, like all that stuff. Um, and at one point I did see the bride speak up to dad and say, no, dad, this is what we want. This is what we want. 
But then maybe two weeks later, or I think it was the week of the wedding, I had a, like, she updated her itinerary like 10 different times, and we get notifications every time they do that. So I went in there to approve her changes, and it was bolded, no first look, see each other at altar. And that's because like, the dad didn't stop. The dad did not stop. It didn't stop at at that meeting. He, he got up and walked out of my going. office, so it stopped with me, but it didn't stop with her. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, you know, I mean, her pictures were beautiful when I, when I got the album and I was just like, wow, think about how much more of that week mm-hmm. she could have had. She had done the first um, look. Mm-hmm. 90 Day Fiance was on TV the other day and I saw, I think it was the other way or something. Anyway, which way, the um, groom was going to the wedding, but got into an argument with his sister uh, the day before, two days before. The sister refused to attend the wedding. Wow. That's something the groom's never going to forget. Yeah, no. I mean, granted, TV show, hype it up, blah, 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 blah. But that's something that they're never going to forget. It's like you need to put aside your differences mm-hmm. and understand that on this one day, this one day of your entire life, it's about this couple. Mm-hmm. And as much as the couple can't make it strictly about them, I think there needs to be some type of push from the family and guest that they try to. That they try to give the couple the attention. They try to make the couple um, have an easier way of being able to plan. They try to take on um, some of the delegation from the couple. They try to just make it a great day by everybody just getting along. I mean, I can totally relate to that because I had, before I got married, one of my closest family members told me. Was it your sister? It was not. Okay. If I got married at a certain place then they would not attend my wedding. That's ridiculous. I agree. That's ridiculous. And I'm like, but it's my wedding. <laughs> like, but if that's where you want to get married, you should get married there. I mean, and there a whole lot of things went into that, but, um, I was, and I haven't forgotten it to this day. And, and whenever I meet with couples, you know, for their day of interviews or tour or whatever, I'm like, it is your day. You get married where you want to get married because it's you two getting married. Now, yes, you, I mean, of course, think of your guests accommodating them, you know, as far as food and seating, all of that, you know, whatever. But as far as where you want to get married, mm-hmm. how you want to get married, that's your choice. And you I know? guess what I mean by saying accommodate the guest on their wedding day and make it not about them is the vegans who want to make the entire meal vegan, the gluten-free people who just want to make the entire cake gluten-free. The bride who says, no, I'm getting married outside, even if it's raining. And all the guests are going to be absolutely drenched, miserable. And then leave. Yeah, they're going to leave (laughs) early. Um, You know, it's stuff like that, that they have to accommodate all these people that are attending their wedding. I mean, they have to set up uh, hotel accommodations. You know, they're not paying for it, but they at least have to set it up where everybody knows what to do. They have to give a proper RSVP so people know what time to arrive, not right 30 minutes after the actual time that they're supposed to get married. So this way people show up early because then you're, what I mean by this is, you know, let's say your wedding's supposed to start at 530 and then you tell all the guests it's supposed to start up at 430. So this way they arrive early because they're known for arriving late. But there's only 20% of your crowd typically that arrives late. So you're, you're punishing the other 80% that would show up on time because now they actually showed up a half an hour early. And then there's the domino effect to that, that every single time that you do this, they know it's you doing this and then they know that you're going to do it. So you're actually creating the monster. 
by they know that the, the, the ceremony or whatever, the party, is really going to start a half an hour later. But they know you're going to write a half an hour earlier just to try to get everybody there. But then it's that one time when it really didn't start a half an hour later. You actually put it on time and now everybody's late. And then you think everybody's just being late. But it's because you were playing God with the whole RSVP thing and trying to tell people that you lied. You lied. That's what it really comes down to. You lied on paper. <laughs> and you set your guests up to fail. Because the ones who show up on time, those guests, they have to sit out in the sun or they just get bored. And then you have the... What are you playing? What's the matter over here? Uh, what, it's what, just it's there. vibrating just in the microphone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so... <laughs> You punish the guests that end up showing up early because you end up writing that the you lied about the ceremony time, and then you have the ones who show up late, and it's like, oh, let me let me accommodate these twenty percent of people that always show up late, and oh, now you get to see me get married. It's like you know, why not just be be honest, tell them that if they're late, they're not going to see the damn ceremony, and that's the end of it. I mean, the twenty percent you're trying to accommodate, though, like how many times have you invited them to your wedding? You know what I mean? Like it's usually a birthday party. I am saying it's a birthday like party. You're meeting up for drinks Which or is dinner, no big deal. a barbecue, or something yeah. like that. And it's like it's not a life changing event. Exactly. And it's not something that they're going to miss. You see, a birthday party goes on for hours. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you're truly going to miss. I mean, you don't cut the cake. A lot of those and, events are floating. You know what I mean? Like a wedding ceremony is not. And then this person who's like, no, my guests always show up late. It's like, okay, that's great for dinner and stuff like that. But if they knew that you were going to start dinner. And I'll tell you what, at my house, that's the way it works. If I invite family over and I say dinner is going to start at 1 or lunch is going to start at 1 and you're there at 1.30, guess what you're eating? Cold-ass food. That's what you're like, eating. Ah, you have dinner at 1? That's like when my grandma has dinner. <laughs> I don't care. I'm hungry. But they're going to be eating cold food. Or yeah. they're eating what's left over if there is anything left over. Because I'm still starting my lunch at 1 o'clock. Yeah. I'm not waiting for you just because you decided to be late. And my entire family knows this about me. It is what it is. And guess what? They show up on time. It's that simple. So train their asses before the wedding day. Start, start to have more lunches at your house or more dinners at your house at 1 o'clock. And train them <laughs> where if they don't show up, it still goes on without them. The only person who missed out was them. That's what I got to say about that. So what do you do with the parents of either the bride or the groom? Are they paying or not? They're paying. Mm -hmm. What if they they pay for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. How do you balance what the parents want and what the couple wants. Yeah, because you feel guilt as a couple that they're paying and they want to thrust their voice into your wedding planning. And as a couple, you feel guilt because they're playing. I th I'm, they're paying. At that point, I feel like you just have to kind of, it's a give and take. I mean, the things that are extremely important to you, you need to just keep because it's your wedding day. And if they're paying and they're good people, then they should understand that. But if there's something that you can give them, give it to them. But start creating either or choices. Like for instance, hey, Ma, Dad, uh, we have to introduce you into the wedding. Do you prefer to just stand up at your table and give a rise to everybody and a hello to everybody at your table, or would you like to be, or would you like to walk into the actual reception uh, with the bridal party? Aaron's having issues today. <laughs> Holy hell. My fingers were tight. <laughs> Pop them. So it's, hey, mom and dad, would you like to stand up at your table and wave to everybody when your name is announced, or would you like to walk in? Right? That's one thing that you can do. 
Hey, mom and dad, Ma, would you like to be in the bridal quarters with me when I'm putting on my dress, or would you like to be there for the reveal whenever I do a first look with dad? By giving them a bunch of these either-ors, they feel like they're empowered, they feel like they're making decisions, but you're supplying the two decisions for them. As long as you're okay with both of the answers, you know? Well, you're making the answers, so it's right. pretty simple, right? But on the flip side of that, you know, we, we've had the one where you, you want to throw your parental weight around, and you're, you didn't pay for anything. Okay, well, that's a whole different story. That's just ignorance. I completely agree, but how do you address that without, you know, again, you don't want to disrespect anybody. What? <laughs> well, I mean, that's like saying that they, they say, can like, throw you, their parental no weight around. Here. Because you have this child who's getting married. But that's like saying they can throw their parental weight around because they are paying. They shouldn't throw their parental weight around regardless. It doesn't matter if they're paying or if they're not paying. If they are paying, kudos to them. I mean, thank you for allowing me to start my life not in debt. Yeah. You You should be doing it as a gift. But it is a gift. And, you know, it's not, hey, I'm going to give you this as long as I get my way. Right. right. That's not the way it should be. Or, you know, maybe have that conversation way at the beginning. You know your parents. Like, if you know that your parents are extremely vocal and kind of bullies, if you will, where they want their own way, then maybe before you accept it, you say, hey, listen, I understand that you want to pay and we really appreciate that, but you have the tendency of being a little too verbal sometimes. And (laughs) I just want to make sure that if we accept this and if we do this, that it's not going to be your way or the highway. And you set it up from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, but supplying the either ors to your parents, I think it allows them to, it allows them to feel like they're in power, even though that they're, they're not truly in power. And it could be something as if the meal doesn't make as much of a difference to you as the first look, then let your parents be there for the tasting <clears throat> and decide on what meal is the best meal. I mean, that could be an easy thing to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So it's giving them choices on the wedding that you really just don't care about, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But how about, you know, on the actual wedding day, maybe said parents will say it's not really throwing their weight around with a couple. How does a vendor deal with it when it's like this entire time you've planned with X vendor or we'll say the DJ? Uh, to play this music and now dad is upset like how does dj handle that how does coordinator handle that a lot of times they are trained to say whenever there's requests coming up and they ask the couple ahead of time do you want me to take requests or do you not want me to take requests and the couple will make that judgment call if the couple says yeah take requests then of course dj is going to do that the couple says don't take requests the dj is not going to say well the couple does not want me to take requests what the dj is going to say is all right i got it i'll put it on the list later and then just never play it my question was the example that we i keep going back to you don't like the music that's being played that was requested by the the couple so how does the dj handle that and then like if the coordinator gets involved how does the coordinator handle that without being disrespectful so the way i used to handle it is i grabbed the couple if you're at the point where you're going to get into an argument with somebody because Mm -hmm. they're being just ridiculous you know i want this to be played okay that's cool it's not your wedding but we need to solve the problem and you're obviously not going away so let's just grab the couple really quick and then you grab the couple and depending on who the dominant personality is with the couple you don't want to obviously bring them over to the bride if the bride is going to be extremely appeasing you want to bring them over to let's say the other person or the Mm -hmm. groom or the other bride or whatever the case may be and then you say look 
I have your father over here. He really wants me to play this music. He does not want the music that's being played to be played. I know you picked it. Before I switch it, I just want to make sure it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you do it in front of the father. Like, bring mm-hmm. the father on over to the groom or whoever and just be like, look, this is the problem I'm having. He wants me to play something, but I'm trying to play what you want to play. My contract's with you. So before I do that, I just want to make sure that it's okay with you. <clears throat> yeah. And then dad is, and you let dad know that that's what you're going to do. Dad at that point has now two choices. One, he's like, all right, cool. Let's go talk to the groom then and then see if he gets his way. Or two, he's going to be like, no, I don't want to bug them on that on their wedding day, which he shouldn't want to bug them with that on the wedding day. But the idea of just continuously, you know, okay, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you, and he's not going away, you eventually have to solve the problem. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I went up to the dominant personality with the couple and said, this is what this person wants me to do. It's your wedding day. Before I do this, I really need to make sure that you're okay with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And it usually works. the conversation goes something like this. All right, let me have a conversation with him and I'll handle it. He won't be bugging you anymore for the rest of the night. Problem solved. Yeah. Like that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So because what's the other alternative? You just switch up the music to what the father wants and the bride and groom are like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then you get a bad review because you did something that goes against what the couple wants that you literally have a contract with. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, dad's no different to me than an uncle or a wedding guest that just is a little too domineering that thinks that they know better than everybody else. There's no difference here. I don't have a contract with you. I will certainly try to appease you. But if you're trying to take over what the couple has already planned, then we're going to solve the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. Now, if it's just a guest again coming up and saying, hey, I really want to hear Baby Got Back. Uh, okay, not at the <laughs> wedding, but we're going to play it for you. I got you. Just be listening. And then all of a sudden it never plays. I mean, at that point, last dance happens and it's okay. You know, and the, and the person just kind of goes away on their own. But somebody who's trying to take over the wedding, you got to get the couple involved. I mean, it's their family. It's their mm-hmm. issue. I mean, eventually it's got to be solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, um, but the, the one that probably drives me the most crazy, I said at the beginning, is the maid of honor or the bridesmaid that really wasn't in it for a long time with the bride and now tries to overcompensate on the wedding day because mm-hmm. it gives them it gives them something to always hold over their head. Oh, you remember I set up your memorial table. I set up this. I did this for you. I did this for you. Blah, 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 blah. And it's That's like, what maids of honors do. Holy hell, man. <laughs> like in your title is literally the word maid. You are here to help the bride. I mean, that's your goal. Not to talk about it afterwards and constantly gloat about how much you did. So it's like that makeup artist that you remember the one who, uh, yes, I already know know which one you're talking about. The one who way overcompensated just to be in every damn picture. So Uh this way, when the bride looks back at everything, it's like, oh, there she is again. Oh, there there she is again. again. It's like the freaking finding Waldo. I mean, it's all over the damn place. (laughs) So that's fine. All right, what else? I got nothing else, but. If you all think about anything, you can always message us and let us know what else you want to hear about because we are more than happy to talk about pretty much anything other than Kristen's sister. (laughs) Y'all have a good day. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.